Are you, Are you ready? ready? Let's go! Don't you sometimes just want to talk about everything? You know, there's days when you can just talk, 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 about anything. Need to sit back and chat about nothing at all? Nothing but Julie. Coming at you with fun and creative topics and interviews. Did you hear Julie's podcast? She's got the greatest topic. I did. I love it. Come join the chat about everything, anything, and nothing. So unwind and tune in to Nothing But Julie. Great topics and cool interviews. With some pretty awesome people. And now, without further delay, here's Nothing But Julie. Everybody, it's Julie and Rhonda. Thanks so much for joining the podcast. Nothing but Julie. Hope you're all doing well. What's up, Rhonda? Not much, Julie. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. So uh, you know that um, it's been a year that we've yes. been in the midst of COVID. So I thought let's discuss what a wonderful year <laughs> it's been <laughs> for all of us, and maybe just take a look back and you know, ponder maybe some of the things that we've learned because it's, you know, it's, I think that we've all become, become accustomed to it, obviously, but there have been so many things throughout the year that, that we've learned or that we might not have liked and other people having opinions about, right? Right. So let's, let's start from the beginning. So I know for me, uh, I had gone on a cruise on a, on a cruise with my family uh, at the beginning of January. And at that time, I remember hearing about coronavirus uh, in China and how bad it became and thinking, wow, oh my God, that's horrible and all the deaths. And then I remember reading about, I think it was Italy. And it, it, it just happened so fast after we came back from the cruise. And then I started thinking, I wonder if it could hit the United States. I mean, it was China. Now it's Italy. And, and then I think it started in England and then it hit the United States. And I remember being like, oh my God, like this could be bad. <laughs> and then doing research on it. And then so many states started to just get filled with people with COVID and deaths. And that was my, my first memory of, of when it kind of hit what about you do you remember uh so we went to florida last year at spring break we drove there with me mark aubrey and our dogs we had three dogs in so we took our dogs to visit his grandparents and my grandparents and my son met us there he flew for his spring break okay um so it, the spring breaks were off so we only had a couple days but we were anyway we were all meeting in florida and i remember hearing about it on the news and like, you know what, like you said, in other countries, like, you know, this new virus is coming and, you know, and some small cases in the U S but not like just a couple here and there and people who travel right. internationally for like work. And so we weren't really thinking about it, but then on our way home, that is when things started to shut down when we left, we're leaving Florida to drive home. And that's when, you know, you would go to the store and there would be no toilet paper. Right. No. And yeah. And there was just, everything was gone. And we were like, Oh my goodness. Like we hope we get home. Okay. And so we were, we're driving home and we would stop at rest areas and they would have no, the vending machines would be completely empty. There would be no toilet paper in the bathroom. Oh. 
And so we, we started to think like, we're going to like, when we get home, we have to hit the grocery store. We started making like plans. And so that's how I remember it. You know, and of course, Facebook is lovely. It started showing me the memories from last year. And, uh, (laughs) and I was like, Oh, we were so young and innocent then. Right. (laughs) And you know, I've got to tell you, I remember the, the whole toilet paper and paper towel thing. But, Mm -hmm. but I remember when I went to Publix, not really, I wasn't, I wasn't um, where where many people were, where they were, I, I mean, for lack of better words, freaking out. I was just like, okay, like, it seems like this is going to happen. And when I got into Publix, there's always this station, um, you know, for, for wipes uh, to wipe your cart. Right. And it wasn't there. And I thought, oh, okay, maybe... They, they put it somewhere else or maybe they got rid of it or whatever. And I had gone on to a local app um, that people had said that someone had stolen this. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, like, the, it, are people getting desperate? Or, and then I remember, like you said, going into the actual store and seeing everything was barren. And I started thinking, all right, come on, people, like, let's let's right. not panic, but. But when I look back, like in retrospect, I totally understand that it was a panic. This is brand new. We have no idea right. what's going on, except for the fact that people are getting sick and dying. Right. And all everybody knows to do is to just stock up and lock down. And, and, and I, as a matter of fact, the other day I went to Publix and there's nothing on the shelves still. And it's not because so much of of you know people hoarding stuff it's more about the fact that these companies just can't manufacture as much or as quickly as they were right because because they're all having to follow these like safety and social distancing protocols and they did get shut down for a while so they're behind i mean i mean even with uh, my small business so i have to obviously purchase shirts wholesale and there's been a shortage several times of just t-shirts um, because the companies shut down their t-shirt production to start making masks okay in the beginning and so then they got behind and like there are still like certain colors you just can't get like it, it's just yeah and and, and it's and, a year later well yeah but you know what I think that think that there's going to be some more time added to that until things start to get back to normal which I I, I see the clouds parting because of the vaccine and I see that things yeah. are, are, are going to slowly get back to <clears throat> a, a new normal. But I thought it would be fun to think about some of the things that started happening. So you just mentioned masks. And I, I, I was thinking about all of the things that people, including us, um, had to start to venture into doing. And, and for me, you know, I'm a, a, I'm a dog trainer and dog walker. And I had regulars. And many of these regulars were from uh, clients who were working full time. And uh, because. Oh, right. Because so then they'd be gone. Yes. Exactly. And I would come by their house once or maybe twice a day. And I had quite a few regulars and I, I was doing very well. I was being I was active. I was keeping busy. And then it all stopped. It all stopped. And so what, what does someone do? Well, you know, you make 
masks. Etsy became hugely famous for people making masks or or doing like, you know, home type stuff like that. And then I started thinking about all the other things, okay? Like Zoom meetings. Everybody started, you know, yes. doing Zoom or what was it? Teams with Microsoft. Some people were doing Skype, but Zoom seemed to have been like the number one, yes. project, right? That that did. That seemed to be the number one thing. I mean, because so Mark was still in school then and all of his classes switched to doing Zoom. And so that was something that everybody just had to learn and adapt to. Exactly. And then and then um, my stepdaughter was in second grade and they just all went to Zoom yeah. and online learning. And so she adapted much more quickly than her dad. But Well, you know, because she's a kid, but it, it's become <laughs> right. the new normal to where it is. a lot of businesses might not go back to brick and mortar and they might continue having people work from home and do Zoom meetings or maybe half of the staff. And then, you know, you have, as as the pandemic continued on and, and you know, people started doing virtual yoga and, and virtual um, exercises on Zoom and, you know, things like that. People came up with some really great ideas. And you and I are big TikTok users. And mm-hmm. so many amazing ideas uh, came from TikTok and from, from the pandemic. And a lot of people got really famous also because of all of the different dances and it, right. And it was such, and still is such a great outlet. The Grammys were on yesterday and they were talking about how many of the, the people that were up for an award were those who became famous from TikTok, from a song on TikTok. You know, I can see it. I have found like I found a couple people, you know, that I like to follow for like stuff that they make mm-hmm. or, you know, and they're pretty famous now, like, because they just blew up over this app. I think it's over the year. I think that's great, you know, and, and I think that, you know, people like you and me, you know, like for me, when my business just completely stopped at the beginning, I was like, okay, you know, I could deal with this. My husband's home, my son is home. And just like everybody else, you know, we made the best of it and we were doing a lot of cooking and family time. And probably just like everybody else, I was like, (laughs) like after a certain period of time, I'm like, I think that, you know, like in the beginning, I was like, oh, this is great. Like we have this new thing and we're spending so much time together and we've organized all of the things that, you know, that you always put off, like organizing closets or going through all your clothes, just all those things you put off, all those things got done, exactly, which was great. Yes. But then after you've done all of that, you're kind of like, okay, when am, for me, I was like, I I lost my job that I had. Um, So I went to working, doing my, like the shirt business was just a side business. So I went to doing that full time. And then it was like, how long are these people that are normally gone to school and work and doing their things? How long are they going to be in my house, in my space? (laughs) (laughs) And you're not the only one. (laughs) Right. And, and I know that there are so many moms and people who feel this way because, you know, I see them on the internet saying like, I love them dearly, but there is no time when you're just by yourself there's no time and and I missed that but but at the same me too and at the same because I became very used to uh, my my husband and my son both being out of the house working full time 
And I had my own, you know, thing with the dogs and I was working and, you know, the time went by and, and then all of a sudden, you know, I, I feel like we, we started to get this distorted sense of time. And I just, I, I remember being like, wait, what's, what's today? Is today Monday? No, it's, it's Wednesday. Oh, it's Wednesday. Like, you right. know, I, I actually fell into that groove of not even keeping track because what was the point? Nowhere to yes. go, nothing to do, no one to meet, no one to see, no dogs to walk, right? And I also think so many things got turned upside down because we became separated from the life that we knew and we're all just trying to adapt to this this new life of of you know, no work or or a different kind of work and school and you know, social get-togethers and even even sports events and different kinds of ceremonies and people not being able to, to travel, everything just came to a halt. But I think in the end, we all, or many of us kind of found ways of working around it as humans do. We always find ways to make things work. And I, I think that for some of us, it worked out great for some of us. Um, you know, we lost jobs uh, weren't, weren't getting unemployment because of the screwed up, you know, system that actually had happened to me. I was trying to do that and I just gave up because it, it just turned into, well, absolute hell. Yeah. Well, hard. I mean, you know, (laughs) don't, don't even, I was about to go on a tangent and I'm, I'm staying on the straight line. So you talk, (laughs) you know, it took me because I did get fired from my job for and and it was for a reason like I spoke out when everything got canceled we used to have to meet parents to do the parent education part at places like Starbucks or the public library we weren't allowed to use the office because it was too small and we couldn't have everybody in there and so when i remember i came, when we came back from florida i went back to work and i we were kind of discussing like what what we were going to do as our business with supervising children that are in state custody with their parents and doing that. And then when everything shut down, I asked um, in a meeting, what were we supposed to do? Um, Where are we supposed to meet these parents? Like, and then I, I suggested we could do virtual Mm. like zoom, you know, meetings with the parents. And I was completely shot down Ah. and told that wasn't going to work and that I needed to figure it out. Really? And I said, well, yes. And I said, well, if the libraries are closed and the Starbucks and every coffee shop and all restaurants are closed down, what am I supposed to do? And they said, I was suggested to meet with them in my car. And I said, I do not feel comfortable meeting people in my car. Some of the parents were trying really hard, but some of them had histories of domestic violence and drug use, and they were still in the process of getting help. And I was like, I just don't feel comfortable being in my car with, you know, a man by myself. COVID. Right. Who is going through domestic violence therapy, you know, because he used to beat up his baby's mom. And that's why he has to have supervised visitation with his kids. And you want me to put myself. And so when I spoke out about it, they just decided that they would let me go. And in the end, you were right. And I was right. Because you know what? It wasn't even a week later that the governor of Arizona said that those visits would with kids through the state would be virtual. And they never and I pulled thought, you back or no, maybe nothing. they were embarrassed. I did get, they probably were embarrassed. I did get unemployment. That's so, good. But, but, but I did have to fight for really? it. Really? 
Yes. And it took a long time. And there was like a a period of time there where I was like, I don't think I'm going to get it. And this is just too much. And, you know, I've always been looking for another job throughout the year, but it is, but there's so many people looking for a job. Yes. That it's just constant competition. Yes. And then like, you know, I do have, I do have a lot of education. And so then when I apply for jobs, they kind of look at that and they're like, well, do you really want to work at Michael's? And I'm like, yes, I really actually did do. Did we discuss this? Because <laughs> I remember talking about, you know, like the unemployment pool and how my son was like, oh, I don't want to go to college and get a degree. And I said to him, you are going, if you decide to work in, in corporate or in a business, you are not even going to be looked at. Your resume isn't even going to be viewed if you don't have a degree. And that that's kind of like what it reminds me of that you're kind of in a pool with so many when when the recession hit years ago it was like the same thing there were people who could have been making a, a six figure income and when they were looking for a job that was less money it would be questioned well why well uh duh i got laid off i need a job i don't really care at this point how much it is. And then they would not hire the older, more experienced person. They, and I think it's, they look at it like, well, they're not going to stay stay, or you have the ultimate one, which I have had is, and I am giving a direct quote, too much experience. I hate that. That you have too much much experience. So, okay. Hire someone that you can train that's going to make mistakes or a millennial that's just going to find a problem with everything and not show up, go through about 10 different people only to wind up calling me in the end. And I'm going to tell you to go screw yourself. Right. (laughs) Like I'm going to show up to this job every day and I'm going to do what I have Mm -hmm. to do. And you're not going to like, I'm just going to do it and just let me do it. Like in this time of COVID, just let me organize beads in Michael's. I know. You know what? I'll tell you, (laughs) I love Michael's. Me too. That's why I applied there because it's so I thought, much fun. I love this yeah. store. It'll be so much fun. How fun would it be just be to put things on the shelves and see all the new and discounts stuff? too? I thought not, it'd be great. And, and discounts. Like yeah, stuff is crazy expensive. Plus, there's always coupons. But imagine how much more you can right. get if you were an employee. Well, you know what? It's their loss. All right. So it, it um, is. another thing I wanted to bring up is and you let me know if you think it's gone too far. And I'm just saying that because I've spoken with other people who believe it. I'll tell you my opinion after you tell me yours. <laughs> um, <Okay>. This is <laughs> renewed gratitude for essential workers. Um, I've I've always felt that that uh, teachers such as yourself and uh, nurses and doctors always should be given accolades just in general. But the fact that right. uh, nurses and doctors um, are dealing with patients with COVID one-on-one every day, and they have to wear the PPE all day. Many of them are getting scars from you know the masks that they have to wear. Teachers have had to literally turn their lives upside down and figure out the best ways to teach virtually on top of dealing with parents even more now than ever before because they're always in the background when their kids are doing Zoom or they have so many more questions and so on and so forth. So being a teacher, although I know you know you haven't taught virtually with COVID, but still your perspective from from you know essential workers do you do you think that it's too much that it's it's been like a constant thing of gratitude or do you think that it's definitely something that 
that they should be getting? So I, I guess I feel like a couple different ways about it. I have seen, I have a lot of friends who are still teaching. And so I've seen like the nastier mm-hmm. side of it where parents have sent them emails saying they wanted their tax money back because <laughs> they weren't getting anything out of online so school. So the money that you um, pay the teachers basically. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. And so, you know, and my friends are just like, you know, you can have your two cents back. Right? Like if it'll keep you from emailing me this. Um, yeah. So I've seen that side of it. So I think maybe like the general public may have like an appreciation, but I don't think my individual teacher friends are really feeling mm-hmm. that on a, on like a personal level from a lot of the parents or whatever. And it has been difficult. And I know we have gotten frustrated too, like with the online schooling and, and stuff. But I think, I think we've tried to be a little more gracious. Like this is new for everyone. I agree. Um, and I'll tell you, I am, I am extremely overly grateful for, for people such as yourself, for nurses, for doctors, whether they are in a hospital or they are in a, a, a walk-in clinic or whatever it is, I have definitely become uh, a lot more sensitive to it, but became sensitive to essential workers or first responders right after 9-11. And I never forgot how many of them to this yes. day have died like <laughs> firefighters. I actually know a woman who works at uh, high school that my son went to and her husband at the time and she were living in New York and he was a firefighter. He was a first responder at 9-11 and he was one of those men who or women that wound up getting cancer because of the asbestos and right uh, and and everything was covered. He didn't have to pay a penny, but there were so many people that were affected and that have either gotten sick, have lingering symptoms or have died. And I just, not only did I have like this incredible appreciation for them after 9-11, but years later learning about how many of them were sick and dying, which I didn't know about. So with COVID, it's, it's just a renewed kind of like, you know, gratitude, but at the same time, there's this one little teeny piece of me and I might be wrong for saying this and I might be wrong for just, you know, thinking this way, but I do know a bunch of uh, nurses that are going, have, have been going away. I've been watching their dogs for months and these are nurses that work in hospitals and I've seen pictures of them like on Facebook and Instagram Um uh, surrounded by all different kinds of people with no masks. And this is over the last, maybe I'd say six months. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, okay, I'm on the fence a little bit here because I have this incredible right. gratitude, but at the same time, what are you doing? Like, why are you right going away? Taking but this like risk. now I yeah. am coming into the hospital because I'm not feeling well. And you just went away to Mexico and we're hanging out with a bunch of people with no mask. How would you feel? You know? Yeah. So, and, and I could be really out of line saying it. And there is a possibility that maybe they went to different places where they were much more strict with COVID or they, they had to take four COVID tests. And, you know, so I can't assume, but when you see those pictures 
where people it kind of irks it does you because, it kind yeah. of it does no it, it I, I agree it kind of irks me too and even like when I recently came to Florida I was like oh I hope people don't think that I'm like being See? reckless or <laughs> you know I really like I thought about it and I but I thought like when my mom told me that my grandfather got bad news about his health and she felt he was giving mm. up I I regardless of everything else regardless of my anxiety about traveling and COVID it seeing him meant more to me and so I thought like yeah and but you know I did have that thought like I hope people don't think that I'm being reckless um and you know I only saw my family when I was there I didn't see friends I didn't hang out with a bunch of people well that's like my Um, sister you know it's very my sister came it was very right. small. And my sister came to Florida because it's been over a year since we've seen her. She waited and waited and waited um, until the vaccine came out, until my parents both had it. And she... Yes, my grandfather's okay, already been Okay, but you see, that's what I mean. There are things that we might not know about. But if you're going to share your life on a, on a public... Um, platform like Facebook or Instagram, be prepared for people to say, uh, what the hell? Why are you, you know, I guess, have you seen like the big influencers and they have millions of followers and they have been having gatherings this entire time. God, You know, like celebrities are, you know, going on trips still and they're doing everything. And, and I just, I just think like, this is why America mm-hmm. can't get it together like other countries. This is why, because I mean, I recently saw a video for, for, on the news of Sydney, Australia, and they have had no cases I know. Well, in you, so many days, and they fully have opened you heard back what they've up, done? No mass, them in New Zealand. They, they, yeah, they're yeah. so. I mean, they will not let anybody in. You come in. Right. Well, first, when you come in, you are taken from the plane on a bus to a specific hotel, and you have to quarantine for two weeks before you can do right. Yeah. But you see, Australia doesn't yeah. take any shit. But but we we right. live in the United States where it's like uh, everybody talks about their freedoms. and it's not. But my, my freedom, freedom, my freedom. My freedom. Okay, let's. You're taking that way out of context, people. Freedom of speech, freedom of this, freedom of that. We're in a pandemic. Yes. There ain't no freedom. You do what we tell you to do. Meanwhile, here in Florida, our wonderful governor has decided to take away any um, fines that were charged by local government to people who were not wearing masks or who were breaking the quote law, the the new, you know, floating law. And yet I've said this before, when you are a Republican governor, you are not part of, of local business. You don't want to be a part of local business. And this is like the whole new Republican thing. So now he just took that away literally right before spring break. And you've got to see what's going on here because now people are like, oh, there's no major mask mandate, which there is in Palm Beach County still. And look. Right. So Florida never did a statewide no, mask no, mandate, what, what right? He, neither, neither did Arizona. And so it makes me so angry. Uh, now, my county is fortunately one of the stricter mm-hmm. counties. So I have that going for me. But I mean, I when we have gone outside of our little area, I am amazed at the number of people just walking around. Well, what maskless. did you think when you came to Florida? Did you see? Oh, my Is it, God. Okay. Yes, it was and, terrible. And let me, I just and wanted I, to tell you, there uh, are mask mandates in certain counties, such as one the one that I live in. Is it enforced? Nope. 
So it's That's because exactly. of the governor, because so he doesn't give a shit. I'm sorry. So continue. Right? <laughs> It'll no, turn again, into no, a whole I mean, other podcast. Oh, so, you know, a couple times my grandfather would ask me to take him like to the grocery store or he wanted, he has this breakfast place that he likes to go eat. And so I, I said, I said, well, you know, I call him Paul and I was like, Paul it makes me very anxious at that mm-hmm. place because it's very crowded and people are not very strict about wearing masks. And, um, so I only went with him, you know, I went with him twice. He got me to go one time during the weekday. It wasn't too bad because it wasn't very crowded. But when we went on that Saturday before I left, I actually had to get up and go outside because I was, there were so many people. I mean, the waitress oh, that's didn't ridiculous. have a mask on and she kept, and she kept leaning over me to like clear stuff. And I was like, I, can you please not like, I'm about to have a panic attack. You know what? It's, you guys are it's amazing. And the thing of it too, is you don't know who's had a vaccine now and who hasn't. And, right. and someone might say, well, I had a vaccine and they could be lying through their teeth. But I didn't. Right. But the, okay. But I have to tell you, I was out somewhere recently and there was a man who was wearing his mask, but it was below his top lip. Yes. He was talking with them. He was like eating his mask. And I, I have not done this since day one, no matter how much I wanted to. But he, he had a, a, a little dog and I was out with my family and he came over to me because his dog came over to me and he bent down and he started talking and I had my mask on, but I said, Oh, do you, do you mind? Can you just lift up your mask? And I said it in a kind of nice, really, you know, could you, and he's yeah. like, well, you have yours on. And I'm just like, and this is exactly why we are still dealing with this pandemic in the United States because of people like you. Right. And, and the thing of it is, if you, I, I think it might've been TikTok <laughs> where there was a guy who had a video and he was wearing different kinds of masks and he was blowing out a, a, a candle or a, a matchstick or whatever it was, or, or attempting to with the different masks. And as it turns out, the many cotton masks that we all wear that were made for us really don't work as well as the regular disposable surgical masks and the, and the N95 masks. And I just kind of looked at him like, you know, it, it's people like that where it is as much as I would love to go at him with my mouth. I was like, what's the point? Because look at what he just said. That's an argument waiting to happen. And I said, oh, yeah. I, I don't even remember what I said. I think that I might have shut down from what I remember. I didn't say anything to him. And I just kind of turned around and he just walked away. But it's just that mentality, you know. Um, another thing I thought I'd bring up because I'm actually on this really cool website because I, I, I've forgotten about so many of the things that have, you know, changed since the pandemic. And, and this affects you, which is, uh, you know, e- even though I know you lost your job, still, it's still the juggling between I know you have a farm. You have lots of responsibilities. You have your stepdaughter. And now you're juggling mm-hmm. having your stepdaughter home most of the time for virtual. So it's a whole new thing. How do you go about juggling so th- this whole new thing? And I wonder what parents that are still working, whether it's at home or in a small office or, or parents that can't afford a computer or a laptop. Although I know that some provisions were made in counties and countries and uh, in different states for getting kids 
uh, laptops and internet access, but. Yeah. Some of the schools would provide, like we got offered that. Yeah. They did we, that here in Florida too. Well, she, Palm Beach County. They, so yeah. So we got offered a Chromebook from the school, but um, Aubrey's grandmother, her mom's mom just went ahead and bought her a little laptop that was not very expensive because we could have the means to do that. And we knew there's other families that maybe yeah. don't. And so we knew supplies were limited, but, um, and they did the same for internet access. And now where I live, sometimes the internet goes out. We live right. on the outskirts right. of town. And so the other day, the internet went out. It was a particularly mm. windy day and the weather was kind of bad here and our internet didn't work. And, um, you know, I thought, I thought Aubrey was going to have a meltdown because she was so worried she was going to get in trouble. And I was like, you're not going to get in trouble. I will message your teacher from my phone and tell her that you'll make up everything after once the internet comes okay. back on. But, you know, like, but it's still, she did miss some of the, like, meetings, you know, like th- those are not recorded. So, but she could make up the work. But I think afterwards. that those things should but, also be taken into consideration too. And and I know several people uh, where I live, their children were reprimanded uh, because of missing certain things. And, and many kids' grades yes. were being affected because they just were not able to work in the same way as they would at school. I mean, And it is difficult because you figure, you know, like, although, yes, she has, we bought her a desk and she's got the whole setup in her room. She still has, you know, if it's raining, then the dogs are inside. Um, And so then we have, you know, you have dogs coming in and out and walking around and her room is right off of the, like the kitchen and living room. So if her doors open, she can hear and you know, although we try to be as quiet as we can while she's working, it's of been course. an adjustment. And you know? some like better or easier for those and some much more difficult for others. You know, my, my husband is, right. is not techie at all. And he had to learn about Zoom and putting certain backgrounds when he was with, with clients and, and teams and how to share his screen and all this. I think that it's, it, it wasn't, it, it was, a you know, it, it became a whole new learning curve and learning experience for kids, for parents, for, for people that had to you know, turn around the way that they work. But in the end, I think that we, <clears throat> I actually mentioned this on my Monday mission that about adapting, we're all adaptable. We just have to kind of figure out how to get there and, and, and try and be patient, you know, with these new things. So, right. okay, let's talk about cooking. Now I remember going, ah, oh, shit. Like I knew everything. <laughs> yes, because because all of a sudden you had to cook everything and, at home, and we do cook. And we I've always cooked. We, so, do, not, so do we. I've always cooked, not to this extent. Not right. every I mean, day. No, yeah, I mean, we would have pizza day. night, or we would have chicken wing night, or 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 we would right. have Italian night and get some ziti. So I didn't have to cook all the time, and plus I was busy too. And then, right, and then. It's not just the cooking, cleaning it's the cleaning up. up. Thank like, you. <laughs> it's the cleaning up because I love cooking. I love to cook. However, after I get done in the kitchen, and I do clean as I go, but I still, still have a lot left over. You know, you can only clean, right? You can only clean so much as yes. you go. And so then when you get done, you have all these <laughs> pots and pans, especially if you make something that's that's difficult and requires multiple pots yes. and pans. and you know, and so then at the end, now you have this 
thing to clean and up you know, as well. I'm going to say, I, I never loved cooking. It was just something I knew I would have to do. And my husband and I would share the duties. You know, he would make food. I would make food. Mine always came out better. But still, there were times when, you know, his stuff would come out okay. But I got labeled as like, you know, the chef master in my house because I always like to try different things. And during the pandemic, you had to kind of become you know, a little more unique and reach out and look online for different things. And so my saving grace at the beginning was my instant pot. And I, I mean, I fell in love with my instant pot because, and, and if you have one, you'll understand this. You just throw all the shit into your, your pot and you're done. If, if you don't have to saute some stuff or whatever, but you can even take frozen cutlets or, or, you know, chicken cutlets, you throw it in there and it became my saving grace. And, and as a matter of fact, a couple of months ago, I might've told you this, my oven and range, it's an, it's a two in one. Uh, there was something wrong with it and I had to wait to get a part and it was two weeks without an oven and a stove. And, and that's a long time when you need to cook. And I looked up recipes for the instant pot and took all my old recipes. And, and I would say, aside from some takeout, all I made were meals in my, in my instant pot. See, I, I, I don't oh, have Rhonda, one. Rhonda, Rhonda, um. Rhonda, Rhonda. I get one after go on to Amazon <laughs> when we're done. My, my sister is a huge cook and she's got amazing recipes and has given me quite a few. And for her birthday uh, in December, I, I got her an instant pot and, you know, she, she lives in an apartment, a nice apartment, but her kitchen is not very big. And so that's my kitchen. So you is can not understand very big. that. And I, I remember speaking with her and her telling me, you know, that she doesn't have a whole lot of room. And I, was very deliberate in the conversation to try and find out if this is something that she could use. And she definitely could. She just didn't have the room. So when I sent it, I sent it through Amazon and on the card, I wrote something like, you know, find, find space to put away all of your other stuff. Cause this is all you'll need. And she fell in love with the instant pot to the point where she got her son and her daughter one, because they're both so busy too, <laughs> that, they don't have the time when they come home to first start cooking this way. They could just throw everything in and the instant pot is not just a, a pressure cooker. It's also a slow cooker as well. So it's okay. So yeah, I do, I do have a crock pot and we do a lot of those kind of meals just because they can throw it in there and I don't have to worry about it. I love the slow cooker too, but I, I have yet to use the instant pot as a slow cooker. I, 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 when we, um, when the oven stove wasn't working, I was using the slow cooker and I was using instant pot and I would make two meals so that I didn't have to cook the next day. So I would like maybe bake a pot roast in like the slow cooker and then a, like a chicken dinner and the other one. And then I would have the pot roast, you know, like the next day. I'm very partial to my slow cooker, although I've heard really good things about the slow cooker part uh, on the instant pot, but I have a, a bigger slow cooker than the instant pot. So I could fit a lot more, you know, for like <clears throat> extra days and yeah. leftovers. But, um, and, and I, I got so into cooking so much more than ever before because I found really simple um, recipes, but 
but there were quite a few ingredients, but they were like everyday ingredients that you and I would have, like maybe tomato sauce, tomato paste, things like that. Things that you're staples. Yes. And I got so into cooking that I ordered a few new um, pots and uh, I ordered um, new, what do you call them? Um, Not utensils, but they're, you know, like, um, I guess they're considered utensils, like spatulas and things like that. Oh, yeah. So I ordered yeah. all new ones because like, I was cooking so much. I didn't have enough wooden ones. And then I ordered silicone ones so they didn't burn my new – so it didn't scratch my new stainless steel pot. Right. But I was like, oh, and I need this and I need this. And my husband's like, okay. I, you know, And I'm like, wait, you want me to cook? What do you want me to cook with? Like I, I have normal pots and pans, but I didn't have – like the, the pan that I had gotten is a stainless steel one where it's a saute pan so the sides come up a little higher. I didn't have one like that. I had a regular big like saucepan and everything was coming out of it. Everything that I would make. And so I'm like, well, I need this. And I got it and it's become my new best friend. I have pots that maybe people who just got married would have. (laughs) I never had them before. So I think that might be why I like to cook because I, I've always like I think it's difficult if you don't have the right tools and then you get in there and you're yes. trying to cook something and you're, you're That's just getting happened. frustrated because, because you're like, I don't have the right pan or the right whatever. And so I've always like invested in that. And, and then of course, when we combined households, Mark had all this stuff Ooh. and I had all this stuff. And so we have so much stuff we actually had to, oh. to get rid of things. I would have taken it from you. (laughs) But you know what? It's true. I actually am having so much more fun cooking because I have the right stuff to cook with. And it makes it right because it's very frustrating. frustrating. And you make so much more of a mess. But getting back to the cleanup, my husband and I, my husband's always cleaned up. But again, just like with cooking, I love him, but he just does not clean as well as I do. And like you, I clean as I go. It's just, maybe it's Oh, no, when Mark cooks, he Right, and then you have a mound of stuff that has to be cleaned. <laughs> yes. And now he does do the dishes because that is just right. one chore that I hate. And so he said, I will always do the dishes if you always do you the laundry. See? And so I said, that is, I will make that deal with you right <laughs> now for the it. rest of our lives. If I never have to touch a dirty dish again. And so he does do all of, he does do all the dishes, but sometimes if, if he cooks, I'll be like, well, I'll, I'll clean up the kitchen, you know, but it's the same thing. Like your husband, like he like just does minimum. the dishes yeah. and I'm like, no, you, yeah, you have to also wipe down all the counters and clean the And you know, I will tell and- you, he does. It's so weird how men are selective. Like he'll do, first of all, my husband loves to just let things sit. Like if there's a pot that looks like you just can't clean oh, yeah. it because it's burnt on yeah. stuff, it will sit. Yeah, yeah and guess who has soak. to clean it the next day? Me. You do because you don't. And not just that, but oh come on, you, the eggs. <laughs> I have a scrub brush; they come right off. He's the soaker king. Just let yes. it soak. <laughs> oh yes, no, Mark is a soaker king as well. Um, he he's like, well, that pan it needs to soak, and I'm like, but how many days are you going to let it soak? And it takes up the whole sink. Go right. in there and right. do it. Yes. And now you're taking up a whole, you know, we have the two sinks, but you're taking up one of those just completely. with. And I have a fairly big sink in my kitchen, but if you're going to take a large pot and you're going to, you know, that has a handle, (laughs) 
takes yes. up the whole thing. It takes up the so whole anyway, thing. But he will yeah. clean um, the stove. He will do that. But then I'll turn around and I'll see that my entire counter has not been cleaned. So he'll clean the pots, the pans. He'll put away everything in the dishwasher. He'll clean the stove. He'll even clean off the table. But then he doesn't remember. Sometimes he doesn't look behind and see behind him. Uh, look at this entire counter. You forgot that not only to clean it, but I have like a few mixing bowls that I used, you know, <laughs> and then I feel bad. And I'm like, did you forget? And he's like, oh, come on. And then I'll do it. But I have to sometimes remind him or sometimes I'm like, I ah, just forget it. I'll just, yeah, I'll wipe it down myself, you know? <laughs> Yeah, sometimes it's just easier to just I know. do it. it sometimes myself, it is. I and guess. let's admit that there are things that we are better at than men. There are things that men are better at than women. And I also think that we have a tendency of being, it's not obsessive, but we have a tendency of knowing what we like, how we like it, and how we want it to be done, where men might be a little more lackadaisical with those things. And so it's because of that that we might get stuck having to do it ourselves, which is fine. You know, I think so, because there's like, if we're working outside, there are things that um, I will do that Mark is like, what are you doing? Like, why are you? And I'm like, you know, I don't. What do you mean? What am I doing? You're cracking me up because that's like my life. I am telling you, I think that this is the same life that many men and women lead. We we have to because we're such different species, and and men sometimes just don't get women, and women certainly do not sometimes understand how men tick. Like, why are you doing this? And yeah. the, the other thing I wanted to to um, just bring up, which I, I know that you love, is is nature. And I was reading about a renewed relationship with nature. And I think that because so many people were stuck at home, we were all looking for a place to go and to get out. And so many places were closed, like nature centers, but still public places were open. There were certain places that, like where, where I live, there's no gates in, in some of these nature centers um, it's just an open to the public kind of thing. And I remember being just so bored out of my mind that I would just go there and I would walk around and see all the different kinds of birds. But, you know, sometimes it was just so hot that I couldn't stay there for long periods of time because the beaches were shut down. They were patrolling the beach. You couldn't even go on the beach and just walk. Everything was closed down, but no. the nature, not, not a nature center, but just I guess you can just consider it like a place that looks very woodsy, you know, like someone's backyard. And right. I loved going there. And, and uh, there's this one place in particular that I love where it has lots of um, uh, butterfly trees for butterflies and bushes. And there's tons and tons of butterflies. And I remember just that this is, this is something I can do. Like what, is there something that you remember discovering or doing during COVID that, has become like a renewed sense of like or love for you that reading. reading. Mm. Yes. I had, and I mean, and I have an English degree and then a literature degree. Um, and I used to read books like all the time, like voraciously. And I had kind of stopped mm. reading. Um, and then it's been recently, I was like, thinking about all the things I used to do before, you know, pre-COVID and, uh, and, you know, I was just getting really like upset with myself of these things I, that I wasn't doing that I like to do. And then I, 
I was like, well, you know, you're the only one to blame because you can, nobody's stopping you. And so I started reading again and I joined like two online book clubs and, you know, so we chat about books and it's well, that been sounds great. like fun, but that is something that is like, yeah, it's something that's just kind of been renewed in me that I didn't do before. We've always gone hiking. Um, that's like something our family does together. So, so that was that we've continued to do that. Um, and lots of nice. people started doing, uh, you know, the puzzles and, and yes. I, I did with my mom when I would come and, and visit her, she's about a half hour from where I live. We did one puzzle and then purchased another one and it hasn't even been opened <laughs> because the first one was so hard that I actually got frustrated. I'm like, this is not, I don't like this. Oh. I don't. I, so I'm, I'm not a puzzle person, but Mark likes to do puzzles. And so before he um, graduated school, he was pretty busy, you know, like doing that. And so he wasn't doing puzzles. And now since he's been, before he started his new job, he, he had started doing puzzles again. And so he really liked doing those. Um, But I'm not a puzzle person. I found that I am definitely not a puzzle person. And I even bought this, uh, paint by numbers thing that I just I really like doing and then I stopped I I, I like just being more active than anything you know I really like to be active or or do something that really gets my interest going and it seems to have been harder for me I love reading as well and I and I started reading even more too but I think that everybody has had to just kind of try and find something that they might have been interested in forever ago and now they have the time to do it you know but I definitely think that the one thing well there's more than one thing I think that that this pandemic has taught me and and I'm gonna just tell you I have become extremely impatient with people and and people who you know, these, these people who don't, the, don't want to wear masks and who believe the pandemic isn't real and, you know, all of that. And, you know, we were yes. also dealing not only with a pandemic, but we were dealing with a new presidential election and we were dealing with um, increased racism, you know, with, with Floyd and what happened with him and the Capitol riots. I mean, it's bad enough that we had a friggin' pandemic going on and people were sick and dying. We had so right, many that's why they say things. that this year, the year, not this year, but 2020 will go down in the books of, of just remembering all the shit that hit the fan. And, and I, and I believe that, but it, oh, but yeah, it, I can remember that. I can, I can at believe the same that time though. And as much as I've become impatient with people who just are idiots, because there are idiots out there. There are people that just, I, I can't think of another word. If you actually believe that this is, there's no pandemic going on, try, try telling that, go, oh, go no. into an ER and go tell those essential workers what you think. And let's see what they have to say. You know, I, I always think that I'm like, you know, why don't you go and say that to someone who's lost oh, someone right. or We're still dealing with it, you know, like, Right. Or, um, you know, I have a friend, she was a marathon runner and she got COVID way back when it first came here. And, um, so this is a girl who used to run, you know, 15 miles a day and she can't walk down her stairs now without being out of breath. Still today? And it's been almost 
still today. It's been almost a year. She still has to have oxygen. Um, Her lungs are very, very damaged. And so I just think like, go tell this person who is, you know, in, in her early thirties, she's young, she has two kids and she is probably permanently damaged from this. And, and I've read of, you know, these long term or lingering effects that either they might not go away, they might get worse, they might go away. It's just, you, you just don't know how this thing has managed to brand. It's like cancer. It branches out throughout yes. your body and continues to affect and affect and affect you. And it's, it anyway, I, I think that if there's anything that it might've taught all of us is that we, we can adapt and we can still you know, move on and learn aside from some people that have not made it easy. I I think that we've all gotten through it just like we've gotten through other pandemics. And, but I'll tell you something. I never in my life thought that I would be alive during a pandemic. Cause you know, when you think of it, those are things you read in history books. It's not something you go through and it's just so crazy that we did and we've learned so much from it and scientists have learned from it. And, and hopefully, even though we were kind of used as guinea pigs for this one, they've, they've made strides in either preventing it or jumping on it if it were to happen again, you know? Right. And so I actually was reading about the vaccine the other day because everyone is saying, well, how they get <laughs> it done so fast, how they get it done so fast. And it's because it's the same type of, uh, it's similar to the same type of um, SARS that happened a mm-hmm. long time ago. And so they had started that research way back then, but then that virus sort of like ran its course right. and petered out. And so that, but they still had that research, you know, on the shelf. And so they just pulled right. that out and that's how they were able to right. do it so quickly. And, you know, I, what I, I'm with you on the being very impatient with people because people share so much misinformation that is right. so harmful. And I, and I just keep saying over and over, you guys, Google is free. Yeah. It's free to just look this up. You hear this idea and you can just really quickly yeah. verify it. You don't have to just share everything willy nilly and, you know, all crazy like, and it's been, and I feel like I have lost mm. some friends throughout this where because they are just saying such terrible things whether it's politically or covid or whatever and i just think wow you're really like not who i thought you were yeah i i I know and it's a shame but at the same time maybe it's better that you know now that's that's exactly what i said because i at first i was really upset about it and then you know mark pointed out he's like you know he's like you're always saying like that your circle of Mm -hmm. friends represents you no matter whether you want them to or not like who you choose to keep company with yes says things about you and I was like it does he's like so do you want those people representing you and I was like absolutely yeah not. and that has made it much easier to like let I, I go. agree and it's it's definitely been a, a lesson I think for all of us and and especially those people who always needed to go out and be social and blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden they're not. And those were the hardest hit, I think people. And and to realize that after a year, some people are like, oh my God, I'm dying to get back to my social life. And some people are like, "Eh, 
I mean, yeah, I'll go out, but not as much as I used to. And like you were saying, it's during that time that you kind of reevaluate your friends. And and there are so many people that uh, even family members that no longer speak to each other, you know, either because of how they feel about COVID or what was happening, you know, with, with the election and all that stuff. So yay, 2020 is gone. And and now, even yes. though 2021 has not been the greatest, there's there's a lot more to look forward to, I think, in the latter part of 2021 than 2020. So, well, thank you so, so much. I, I, I appreciate you, you know, giving me your insight for all of this. I'm sure that there's a lot of people who might look back on all of this and forget a lot of the different things that have gone on. Um, but it's good to just kind of look back and reflect on on the whole thing because it's it was just a crazy year. So please let everybody know, yeah, let everyone know how they can get in <laughs> touch with you. Um, it is just the Rhonda Marie on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, same thing on Facebook. If they search an accidentally beautiful life, they'll find it, but it's also it. They can search the Rhonda Marie and find it as well. All right, perfect. And same with me on social media. It's nothing but Julie. Have a great Thursday, everybody. And we will speak with you. Well, you'll listen to us hopefully next week. Enjoy your weekend. <laughs> Bye Rhonda.